beautiful, it's a beautiful thing, right? And it's actually cool that we can just worship like that. I, I want to I see us having more evenings like that, having more times of worship like that, when we actually just, we're just spontaneous, man. Because if, if from what the heart is full of, overflows, right? So what are we full of? Are we full of gratitude and praise and worship to Him? And is it coming out? Because if we are, we should be able to string one chord and it's, we're just there, right? And uh, it's really cool. Eh? I must say, um, I think we, 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 there's some cultures are musically minded and they, they just, yo, they, it's incredible to watch them. Like the Brazilians, actually. The Brazilians, I mean, we've got some African culture as well that is just the, the way the rhythm, the, the interconnectedness, it's such a beautiful picture of the kingdom, actually. And I think we become quite Western in our, mind, in, in our mindsets, and I think we become quite individualistic, and I think God's made us a lot more connected than what we actually realize. Amen. So well done for just going for it, eh? It's hard. When you're leading worship and somebody starts doing that, you're like, <gasps> well done. So as, as um, I was preparing... Oh, actually, now in worship specifically, I, I, I feel the Lord has put this actually now in my heart, and I want to, I want to maybe help us with something tonight. I've realized as I've, as we just do life together and we walk that we, we're not always equipped at making good decisions, kingdom-minded decisions, right? Um, and I think we try our best sometimes, but we don't always have the tools to do it. We don't actually understand the principles of God. And as I've been pondering on those things and thinking about those things, um, I felt the Lord begin to speak to me in some things. And we like, we all, I mean, when you're a kid, you want to make your own decisions, right? It was one of the things I couldn't wait to get out of the house. Like, I can decide when I'm going to eat ice cream. <laughs> Jokes, wasn't only that. <laughs> but hey, like, isn't that something you wanted? Like, now that you're an adult, you're wishing you were a kid again, right? You don't have to make those decisions. Because your decisions, you realize your decisions carry weight, they carry consequence, and they carry, you carry responsibility, right? And I, in this, I, I really believe the Lord wants to, He wants to equip us to make God decisions. So if I had to entitle this preach tonight, I would say, making God decisions, right? Because not good decisions, because good decisions are maybe not God decisions, but making God decisions, and uh, maybe I want to start with this. You guys all know the story of Joshua, right? Um, well, maybe you don't know the story of Joshua. <laughs> so Joshua takes over the leadership of the Israelites from Moses, and he's at the promised land, about to go into the... Well, actually, they've just crossed into the promised land. And uh, it's right at the end of Joshua, in, in verse 24, it's the whole verse or, or chapter is called Covenant and Re Renewal. And uh, Joshua puts this choice before the Israelites... And maybe you want to just put that up. Can you put that up there? It's Joshua 24, verses 14 and 15. Now, therefore, fear the Lord and serve Him in sincerity and in faithfulness. Put away the gods that your fathers served beyond the river and in Egypt, and serve the Lord. And if it is evil in your eyes to serve the Lord, choose this day. Choose this day whom you will serve. Whether the gods of your fathers served in the region beyond the river or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you will dwell or you dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Amen. I've actually I've preached on that before, on just that, for me and my house will serve the Lord. But 
here Joshua is posing a choice to the people. He's saying to them, choose this day whom you will serve. And if you read the rest of that chapter, it goes on right at the end of it. He actually says, he takes a stone. It's quite interesting. And he puts it up in memory and he say, well, of what's going on. And he says, if you turn away from the Lord, I'm paraphrasing now, this stone will testify against you. This rock will testify against you. Now, he's, the people chose this day, we will serve the Lord. For me, and they chose to do that, right? And he said, if you turn from the Lord, this, this stone will testify against you. Now we fast, fast forward almost 1,500 years later. Who's the stone? Who's the rock? Jesus. Jesus. Jesus becomes that rock. It's interesting, eh? He says, unless you fall upon this rock and are broken, lest it fall upon you and crush you. And there's a moment here that they actually, they, now they're kind of stuck, I think, because they made their choice. They made their choice 1,500 years ago. And now it's build on the rock or build on the sand. If you build on the rock, your house will stand. If you build on the sand, your house will crumble. And we all know that story, right? Matthew, Matthew 7, verses 24 to 27. The wise man builds his house upon the rock. I'm paraphrasing. I'm not gonna, we, can, we can read it, though. Everyone that who hears this, these words of mine, and does them, will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and beat that house, but it did not fall because it had been founded on the rock. And everyone who hears these words of mine and does not do them will be like the foolish man who built his house on the sand. And the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and beat against that house and it fell and great was the fall of it. So we have, we, we, we're posed with an, a choice, Right? Where will we build? Will we build on the rock or will we build on the sand? And um, this is very much how our decisions actually work. How we, the choices we make. Because every choice we make, every decision we make, it either, it builds somewhere. It breaks something. It either builds something or it breaks something. It's got everything. It's got con a consequence. And actually just sitting, uh, sitting with some guys this week and just talking about um, a few things, I realized that to understand the ways of the Lord, and sometimes we, if we paint a picture of it or we, 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 we show you actually in a, in a picture-type form what it looks like. It helps our, our thinking, it helps our understanding so much. And I actually want to do that tonight. We're going to have some fun just now. But um, it's quite interesting this because the Bible speaks about, in 1 Corinthians 3, verses 11 to, 9, uh, 11 to 13, it says, um, anyone who builds on Christ... Okay, we want to, for no one can lay a foundation other than which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. So we know he's the rock, right? Now, if anyone builds on the foundation with gold, silver, precious stone, wood, hay, or straw, each one's work will become manifest. For the day will disclose it, because it will be revealed by fire, and the fire will test what sort of work each one has done. So there's a testing to what you build. If you build on the rock, it's going to be tested. If you build on the sand, it's going to be tested, right? And that testing, it's, it's quite important that we begin to understand and we begin to, I, I want to build wisely. I don't know about you guys, but I, I hope what I build stands. <laughs> and um, I want to use these few scriptures to maybe dive a little bit into the picture and, uh, and we're, going to, we're going to work from that. Uh, maybe let's start with Galatians no, sorry, 1 Thessalonians 5, verses 20 
3. It says, Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely, and may your whole spirit and soul and body be kept blameless at the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now this is, may your whole spirit, soul, and body be kept blameless at the coming of Jesus Christ. Now I want to draw a, 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 a comparison here in what I've just said to that, right? Because we know Jesus is the rock. And interestingly enough, actually, Satan in, in Genesis, I think it was Genesis 3, verses 14, the curse, he said, and you will slither on your belly and you are cursed to eat dust for the rest of your life. You know that. Jesus, or God said that to Satan. And Satan feeds upon dust. You know, we were made from dust. Flesh. Our flesh is what Satan feeds upon. The sand. It's interesting. You build upon the sand. You build upon the dust. Satan will eat. He feeds upon that. It strengthens him versus the rock, which he cannot, actually. And I want to use, I want to use these scriptures now to, to illustrate something for us. So we are created in the image of God, right? God is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. There's something of the, 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 the mystery of the Trinity in God that is actually, we're the image of that. Body, soul, and spirit. It says that in Thessalonians. It said your whole body, check that, whole spirit, soul, and body. So we made up, there's, there's different elements to us, right? And I want to maybe just, I want to draw, maybe do this as an illustration. Enoch, you want to come here, bro? So Enoch, let's say Enoch is here. Standing. We will try to do this as a skit. <laughs> so this is Enoch, right? And now Enoch is um, his body, soul, and spirit, right? But now there's a side of Enoch that, where's the spirit side? Let's, uh, Caleb, you want to be the spirit, right? <laughs> you understand that side there. Now we need a flesh. You want to come be the flesh. Okay, come be the flesh. I'm not prepared. There we go. Now, the Bible speaks about, okay, you've seen this already, so we can stand over here now. <laughs> this is one man. This is all of us. Hey? This is not just Enoch. We're all like, we all, this is us, right? And the Bible says, whatever we sow to, if you sow to the flesh, you'll reap death and destruction. If you sow to the spirit, you'll reap, reap life. Okay, we're going to go to those scriptures just now. Maybe you can put that scripture up. That's uh, Galatians. But I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the desires of the flesh are against the Spirit, and the desires of the Spirit are against the flesh. So now we've got this, this picture here. The Spirit and the flesh, flesh and the Spirit, are warring over each other. Their the desires are contrary to one another, some of the, some of the um, translations say. For these are opposed to each other. So Spirit and flesh... Or desires are completely opposed to one another to keep you from doing the things you want to do. But if you're led by the Spirit, you're not under the law. Now the works of the flesh are evident. Some of them say they're of, some of the translations say they're obvious: sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalry, dissension, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and these things and things like this. And I warn you, as I warned you before, that those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. Now, there's, 
I really, this picture makes things come so alive to me. This is his soul. And his soul is made up of what? It's his mind, it's his emotions, it's his thoughts, it's his will. It's, it's here, right? But there are these two components of him. And, and when Adam and Eve ate from, or when Eve ate from the, the tree, God said, you will surely die if you eat from this thing. Did she die? Did she drop down dead? No, she didn't drop down dead. What died? Spirit died. Okay? So the spirit, I keep forgetting who the spirit is, sorry. The spirit, before Jesus, before accepting Jesus as your Lord and Savior, the spirit is not even alive. It's dead. Okay? So just die. Okay? So he's born in this state, right? With his flesh. And for how long ever, until he gets to the point where he actually meets Jesus, this is his partner in crime. He's feeding into this thing the whole time. Whatever he does is feeding this guy. And this guy's getting strong, either fat or strong, one of the two, I don't know. <laughs> but he's getting stronger and stronger and stronger and stronger, right? And this guy's not even alive yet. But then all of a sudden, one day he walks into Josh and Amanus. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And he gives his life to Jesus. Right? And he, he, he bows his knee to King of King, the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. He realized, like, and there's a moment, and he wants to start following Jesus. And, and that spirit is, is, is now alive. He's become a reborn Christian. Okay? That's why the, it's where the term become reborn, new birth comes from, right? Here we go. Stands up, right? But you are a bit skinnier than him. It's okay. <laughs> but now, right? So he's a, he's a baby Christian. He's a baby. He, and how does a baby act? No, you're not a baby, bro. <laughs> How does a ba baby can't make decisions? Baby, babies don't know anything, really. They need to be looked after. They need to be cared for. They need to be fed. They need to be nurtured. And we've got to, he's got to now nurture, begin to nurture the side, the, the spirit, right? And if he doesn't nurture the spirit, what happens to a baby if you just leave a baby? Hey, Lisa, what happened to Evie if you just leave her for a few days? <laughs> She'll explode. <laughs> Babies can't make it on their own, right? But there is a sense of if he doesn't tend and nurture this baby, the, the, the spirit, this new, um, this new transition, that, or oh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, transformation that's happening. This spirit is going to shrivel up. And if he continues to feed this guy, he's going to get overweight or stronger, and he's going to be the one that's got all the strength, and he's going to be pulling. He's, remember that it says the spirit and the flesh are warring all the time. They're going to be pulling. He's going to be pulling him. Now, man, come. Make easy decisions. And he's gonna, because all of those things are fun. Well, most of them. Well, some of them aren't fun, but, I mean, let's be honest. Sin is like we, we get caught in sin because not because it's not nice. Like, so, I'm just being honest. It's desire, right? It's passion of the flesh. It's the desires of the world. It's the lust of the eyes. It's all these things. So it's, it's not like it's you don't want it until your spirit is made new. And then it begins to get strengthened, right? And now he's got to feed this guy. So this guy, he starts feeding this guy over here. And this guy starts getting stronger and stronger. And he starts starving this guy. How does he, how does he feed this guy? A word? Prayer, worship, fellowship, all of these things. God's given us everything for life and godliness, right? So there are many different things that you, that you, 
being part of community is actually that it. Because, hey, what takes a community to raise a baby? That's what they say, right? <laughs> what takes a, takes a town to raise a baby? Praying in tongues. Praying in tongues. Paul says it. I preached it a little while ago. Edifies your spirit, right? Builds this guy. Gets stronger and stronger and stronger. You're getting tired of standing here. Let's keep you here a little while longer. It's good. You're young, you're young Oaks. <laughs> See, I'm making them tired before the race, you know. <laughs> but it's so key for us to understand this because if we don't feed that, if we don't exercise the discipline to feed that guy, this guy's the one that's going to get strong. And in every other decision that's not a godly one is going to feed this guy and is going to starve this guy. And then who's going to win the war? Whoever's strongest wins. I, I mean, it's, eh, the dog you feed, right? <laughs> but it's true, though, that whoever's strongest wins that battle. I mean, I know. I've been there. Like, you flop down on the couch and you just start watching series. The more you do it, the harder it is not to do it. The more you eat sugar, the harder it is not to eat sugar, right? The more you read your word, your word, the more you read the word, the more hungry you actually get for the word. Because it's good. It's life-giving shot. You guys are going to sit down now. <laughs> you guys are great. Huh? <laughs> but you, you, you see this is this picture of when we live by the Spirit, or we live sowing to the flesh, what we reap in these, in these moments, right? And these are key things for us to understand because I don't, like in, in Thessalonians, or sorry, in Galatians, it says these are obvious. So let's go back there. Now the works of the flesh, not, uh, now the works of the flesh are evident. Other translations say they're obvious, okay? So we know sexual morality is wrong. Right? So we know if you're looking at pornography, if you are sleeping around before you're married, if you're gratifying your sexual appetite outside of what the boundaries God has given us, it's not good, right? That's obvious. It's evident. Impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery. I mean, we know that going to the fortune teller is not a good idea. Don't do that. Horoscopes, not a good idea. You, you give in to the occult, you partner with the cult, you f you're feeding this guy. They're, they're obvious things, they're evident things, right? Yeah, yoga, saying it, not a good idea. If you want to talk about that, come speak to me afterwards. Uh, enmity, strife. Oh, we know that, fighting, dissension, jealousy, fits of anger, giving into your temper. Rivalries. Dissensions, which is and divisions, which is disunity, it's not being unity, it's not being one. Envy, drunkenness, orgies, and things like this. I warn you, as I warned you before, that those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of heaven. So they fed this guy to such a point that he is looking like Arnold Schwarzenegger, and that poor baby spirit on the other side is no longer even hasn't got strength to stand. He's winning the battle every time. Every decision that, 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 that this poor guy faces, he's winning the battle. That baby no longer even exists in his mind. He's just partnered with this thing, and off they go in that direction, walk down the beach together, hand in hand. Right? <laughs> happily ever after, not happily ever after. But you, understand, you see this picture, right? And these are the evident things. But now there's some things, like, and I've been thinking about this, the not-so-obvious things. Because everything we have has 
um, what's the word I'm looking for? Consequence. Everything we do has consequence. Is it si what's it? Every Newton's uh, every action has an equal reaction, Op equal and opposite reaction, right? <laughs> it's, a, it's a scientific law. But the, everything we do has some sort of consequence. It's, we're either building. We're always building, right? And I and I had to think like this because I did the other day. I spoke about um, devotion, and I realized that our devotion will actually will will affect our decisions. Where our devotion is, we, we're singing about Jesus. We, we've, once we've seen him, once we've been cut to the heart, that begins to affect every decision we make. Now, now, like my spirit is now being made alive. I've been transformed. Okay, I'm beginning, the decisions I'm making are different now. Right? But we have to realize these things. I think we have to, put, we, we have to start exercising these things. Okay? I, um, we were, I was chatting with Marga, and, and one of her friends said to last night actually, a little girl wanted to dance on the stage. You saw all the kids that were dancing on the stage. And she said a little, a little girl wanted to dance on the stage. And, but she was, uh, hey? well, she's a teenager, right? But she was a little bit scared to, eh? She didn't want to. She wanted to, but she didn't want to. You know that? And Margot said to her, and it was profound, it's true, actually. She said, well, you know, she's never going to if you don't. And I thought about it, and it's like, it's so true. There's a decision there for that mom that's going to have effect on her child. What she decides in that moment may be difficult for her to do, but how is she, where is she sowing in that moment? Is she sowing to life? Is she, saying, is she giving into the flesh? And, and the same for all of us. We've got these decisions that we're either going to just sow to the flesh or we're going to sow to the Spirit. And sometimes it's harder to sow to the Spirit. But we need to, right? And it's, it's, a, it's a good exercise for us to do. So, as we, um, as we look at this picture, I actually wanted to draw this picture for us. I drew it in the week. Um, but I think you guys got an idea of what it looks like, eh? Hey? At the skate park, yeah. <laughs> if you go to the skate park, you'll see it on the half, half, uh, half pipe. <laughs> yeah. But I, I, like we've, we've got to approach it like this. We've got to understand that in Christ, we've been empowered to be able to make these decisions now, because our spirit is no longer dead, right? It's been made alive. Maybe this, maybe tonight, maybe you've never surrendered your life to Jesus and your spirit's still dead, so you don't have the ability to do that. There's no, you've got nothing to work with. And you've got an opportunity tonight to respond to that and to give your life to Jesus and for you to become reborn that you can begin. Because remember what the Bible says. Let's have a, carry on reading that. But the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, patience, peace, Patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law, and those who belong to Christ have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. That's, I, we we want to live like that, right? That's the life we want to live. We want to we want to have peace, love, and joy in our life. We don't want to have strife and envy and all of these things. I don't know about you guys. Do you? No. No. So who, the question is, who are we feeding? Who are we feeding? And um, no, I just felt for us as, a, as a, I was sharing that, actually, um, to maybe just ask ourselves that question, actually. So maybe we can just close our eyes maybe right now. We are. Just sit down. Or we, we are sitting down. Maybe just close your eyes. And ask the Holy Spirit just in our everyday life, the decisions that we're faced with, what are we 
Who are we feeding? Maybe go through that list again from the beginning just of, of Galatians. As you're just, just, I want you guys to close your eyes, bow your heads. Just ask the Holy Spirit as I read this. Are you feeding your flesh with maybe just sexual immorality? Are you giving in to pornography or, or looking at things you shouldn't be looking at? Are you, are you investing in relationships maybe you shouldn't be investing in? Impurity, sensuality, idolatry, or other things more important than Jesus in your life? Are you, maybe you've put your work on the throne in your heart, and that's the most important thing in your life, actually. Maybe all your decisions are based around your job and your work. And not Jesus. Because if they are, you're feeding the flesh. Maybe your children are on the throne of your heart, not Jesus. Maybe all your decisions are based around your children. Maybe your life is ruled by what your children need right now, and not Jesus. That's a hard word. That's a hard thing, because we think it's a noble thing. Oh, you know, I put my children first. No, no, no. Seek first the kingdom of heaven, and all else will be given unto you. So when you put your children first, you're actually feeding into your flesh. You're making decisions, not feeding into the Spirit. You've fallen victim to idolatry. Sorcery. You know, have you got involved maybe in, in some practices that you shouldn't be? And I mentioned it earlier, but yoga is not good. It's a gateway to the occult and a whole bunch of things. It's the very, I mean, it's the most obvious thing that we faced with all the time. Enmity. Strife. Jealousy. Are you falling victim to jealousy? Are you coveting what other people have got and not actually being content? Where Paul says, I'm content and I've had much and I've had little. Are you not content with what God has given you? Because if you keep falling into that, you, you're sowing to the flesh. Anger. Fits of anger. You give, do you give in to your temper? Do you fly off the hand with the ratchet? Do you lose your, lose your cool? And in that moment, the Bible says, it's, I mean, there's nothing wrong to be anger, angry. It's not wrong to be angry, but it's what, do not sin in your anger, right? So if you have a fit of anger, it's rage. How do you? Rivalries. Are you trying to do better than your neighbor all the time? Outdo one another. And the Bible says outdo one another with good. Not to out one another in the marketplace or try and keep up with the Joneses. Are you trying to do that? Because if you're doing that, you're feeding the flesh. Drunkenness. Are you maybe drinking too much? I think orgies fall under sexual immorality and sensuality as well. Things like this. If you, fall, if you find those things in your life in any way, when you choose to engage in them, you're strengthening 
the flesh, not the spirit. We live in the opposite spirit. When we say no to those things, when we turn away from those things, we see our spirit become strengthened. When we spend time in the presence of the Lord, when we spend time in the Word, when we spend time praying in tongues. I want to ask us tonight just maybe to recalibrate our thinking, recalibrate our our decision-making capability and capacity that we would begin to make God decisions. This is only possible by the Spirit, right? You've got to surrender to Him and say, Lord, I actually, I don't know how to make good decisions. Sometimes people, sometimes the babies are so little and they're so weak and the flesh is so strong that people have to come alongside you and go, that's not a good decision. Trust me. That's why God places us in community, puts us alongside one another, actually. So, Lord, won't you come tonight? Won't you come and minister to us? Won't you come and speak to us, Lord? That we would be a people that is strengthened in spirit, that reflect you, Jesus. That as we sow to the spirit, Lord, that it would produce life. And much life, Lord. Lord, and that you would help us have strength not to sow to the not, not to sow to the flesh. That we wouldn't give in to our fleshly desires and the, the love of this world, Lord God. That we would turn from those things, Lord Jesus. Your word says that um, the desire of the world is in us, that we do not actually love you. Lord, I pray that you would give us the strength and the ability to turn from these things, Lord.